Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. I got a phone call from his wife, Amy. Funny enough, I was in a shower at the time and I was running late for work to get the train en route to work and I just happened to answer the answer phone message you listen to the answer phone message and hear that and so then I immediately phoned my mum to find out it was gone and yeah it kind of put a massive grey cloud over the over the day and forthcoming weeks we went down to visit yeah. him the weekend of the strike in, in Maidstone General he was obviously you know, with us but in, in a lot of pain just not someone that I recognised it was a decision that was probably taken out of Gareth's hands <clears throat> There's three of us, brothers, and me, Andrew, our, our other brother, and then parents sat down and decided it was the best place for Gareth to come back home. It was physical, verbal, like physiotherapy on the, on, on the legs and on his arm, and also kind of verbal, you know. Gareth is an extremely talented musician, you know, so he needs to get back there playing his guitar, and I believe he had a few goes at it, didn't he? So, yeah. mainly physical. He still wasn't in a very good place, uh, I think mentally as well, you know. He was very, very down when he was there. Hello, I'm Mark Goodyear, and this is Stroke Stories, the podcast that seeks out and hears from stroke survivors. In this episode, we're going to hear the stories of two stroke survivors, Gareth Wilson and Rob Plaskus. First up, it's Gareth and his brother Alex from Hitchin in the UK. Gareth suffered a stroke in 2019 at the age of 47. Gareth was married with two children. He's got, say, a 16-year-old and a 2-year-old. He lived down in Maystone. We lived in Hitchin. You know, it's a bit of distance, but it was good. We stayed in contact regularly. You know, I went down to visit him when he was doing his gig nights down at the, is it the Flower Pots and the Pilot Pubs. You know, he used to, you know, gig there once or twice a week. So it was, it was good. I got a phone call from his wife, Amy. Funny enough, I was in the shower at the time and I was running late for work to get the train on route to work and I just happened to answer the answer phone message. You listen to the answer phone message and hear that and so then I immediately phoned my mum to find out it was gone and yeah, it kind of put a massive grey, grey cloud over the, over the day and forthcoming weeks. We went down to visit yeah. him the weekend of the strike in, in Maidstone General. He was obviously, you know, with us, but in, in a lot of pain, just not someone that I recognised. There was a lot of stress in Gareth's life at that time, with his marriage starting to fail yeah. and things like that. And, you know, say so he was under a lot, a lot of pressure at the time. He was moved to the care house in Welling, wasn't uh, it? Yes. He was in there for another good six six weeks, when not yes. you, at Dainsbury? It was a stroke, stroke rehab had centre down uh, in Old Welling in Hertfordshire. We tried to pop down, at least I tried to get down at least uh, once or twice a week, drive my parents down there. It was physical, verbal, like physiotherapy on the, on, on the legs and on his arm, and also kind of verbal, you know. Gareth is an extremely talented musician, you know, so he needs to get back there playing his guitar, and I believe he had a few goes at it, didn't he? So, yeah. mainly physical. He still wasn't in a very good place, uh, I think mentally as well, you know. He was very, very down when he was there. 
Gareth's stroke affected his ability to play music. It's very tough for Gareth. You know, he was a trained classical guitarist, so he plays electric guitar and blues. From, from a very young age, I, I, it seems to have skipped a generation with me or a family member because I'm tone deaf. But yeah, no, he's, he's, he's slowly getting back into there. I remember in the summertime, uh, obviously we're all stuck in this lockdown. We, I used to pop round to work for my mum and dad's garden because it's nice and sunny and he would try and pick up the guitar and, and try and get a few chords out. It's work in progress, as they say. In fact, oddly enough, it was only Monday evening. I popped around to mum and dad's, and this sounds a simple thing for most people. My mother's had stuff with a stroke a few years ago, and Gareth managed to reset her Zoom password for her, which I thought was a big achievement. As something very small and meaningless to, to most people, it's quite. I thought it was a good course, achievement because it means he's getting some of his, and, and his brain is starting to register what he's doing. To be fair, the amazing friends he has down in Maystone, without a shadow of a doubt, they, for his birthday, they compiled a video, which was, it literally all had us in tears. The support they've done, and also as well, his, his first wife, Katie, who's the mother of his eldest son, she was very supportive, very good, and they drew together, even his ex-in-laws were nice. Definitely, definitely, the, his group of friends he has in Maystone were, were absolute godsend. Gareth had to move back to the family home in Hitchin. It was a decision that was probably taken out of Gareth's hands. There's three of us, brothers, and me, Andrew, our, our other brother, and my parents sat down and decided it was the best place for Gareth to come back home. We grew up in the house we live in, that my parents still live in. Hitchin is in our blood. Yeah. But unfortunately, our, our parents aren't, aren't spring chickens anymore. <laughs> you know, it has been tough for, for all parties involved, and especially with this, the global pandemic didn't really help as well. Yeah, it's just been tough, you know. Fortunately, Gareth's allowed to get out and do exercise, he has a salt, which is speech therapy, is, yeah. isn't it? With Lynn, I mean, she's done it by, by Teams and by Zoom and all that. Homework, but, you know. Good. Gareth said he has homework. Alex and Gareth look to the future. To get home to Maystone, to, to be with his kids, for first thing, you know. And we get back to work as well. Yes, you know. I mean, obviously, after this this year, work's going to be a bit difficult for lots of people. Yeah. But yeah, he's he's determined there. He's very determined to get there. Voluntary. Voluntary work. Yeah. 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 Music was a, is a massive part of Gareth's life. That I think once he starts picking it up, that will be the light will be at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, determination, determination, and strength. Strength. Hang in there. They're still the same person. Hope. There's always hope. Just to be there for them. Gareth's stroke came as a huge shock, but thanks to a strong network of family and friends, he's making great progress in his recovery coming up in the second part of Stroke Stories. I was in a operation to get my benign tumor removed from my uh, brain and I was wide awake because in the operation they had to uh, go deep in my uh, brain to get the tumor out. They were almost done and they had to take a little like piece of a tumor out they took it out, but they also uh, ruptured a uh, vessel. At the hospital that I had my operation in, I stayed about a month, and then I got transferred to a rehabilitation hospital in Wheaton, Illinois. And I was in their uh, care for four months. I uh, went to the gym six days a week, working on all my body functions especially on my right side. I've been going to the gym since after my high school. I went to 
my college and I went about five days a week. Today, I'm obsessed with going to the gym. The reason I wrote my book was because I want to give hope to others who have obstacles they have to go by. I began my book in 2015, got done with it about a year ago. Our next survivor is Rob Plaskus from Springfield, Illinois. Rob suffered a stroke at the age of 17. I was popular in high school. I was a good uh, student academically and I participated in sports. I was in a operation to get my benign tumor removed from my uh, brain and I was wide awake because in the operation they had to uh, go deep in my uh, brain to get the tumor out. They were almost done and they had to take a little like piece of a tumor out. They took it out but they also uh, ruptured a uh, vessel and I uh, bled about one and a half uh, liters of uh, blood. Luckily, they uh, got clamps on my vessel and saved my life, but I lost so much blood. They had to uh, put me into induced coma, and in a week, I uh, fully woke up and to uh, discover that I couldn't move my right side of my body and I can talk, and I can write, I can read, I can comprehend people. What that is called is uh, global amphasia. I had a lot of uh, rehabilitation since then. At the hospital that I had my operation in, I stayed about a month, and then I got transferred to a rehabilitation hospital in Wheaton, Illinois, and I was in their uh, care for four months, and two of the months was inpatient, and then after that was uh, outpatient. It's been a long time, but I can move fine, I can walk fine, I can say hi fine, I can have a conversation fine. Since I had uh, severe brain uh, damage, I got a lot of that back, so... Basically, if you came up to me today, you can even tell I was disabled. I can shake people's hands with my right hand. I can move my right fingers fine. I think I did that because I went to the gym six days a week, working on all my body functions, especially on my right side. I've been going to the gym since after my high school. I went to my college and I went about five days a week. Today, I'm obsessed with going to the gym. I had a lot of uh, speech therapy in that 25 years after my operation. The last speech therapy I went to was about two years ago. But since then, I've been going out to social events and talking to people and working on my uh, speech and language and comprehending what people uh, said to me. Despite his stroke, Rob was able to finish his education. Once high school ended, I got my high school diploma. I uh, decided to uh, get my associate's degree. So I went to Wabasi Community uh, College. It took me a long time, but 
in four years, I got my associates and I went then to uh, Illinois State at that college. I went and got my uh, bachelor's uh, degree. And in uh, 2009, I decided to go back to college and get my master's uh, degree at University of Illinois at Springfield. I'm a communication analysis for the Illinois House Republican staff in uh, Springfield, Illinois. I used to uh, analyze legislative bills and I had a tough uh, time telling someone on the phone what this bill does. That was kind of tough on me, but my boss likes me a lot and he uh, moved me to a communication uh, department. I love the people I work with. They don't know exactly what happened to me. I would tell them little bits of what happened to me. They know I had a benign tumor. They knew I had uh, complications in my uh, operation when, when I was 17. But my book, uh, I uh, finished writing and published last March. If you read that book, you can know the whole story of my uh, recovery. The book is called My Fight for Recovery. It is about my recovery and uh, how I uh, succeeded in my recovery because I can basically do all the stuff that I used to before my uh, operation. I can talk, walk, jog. And it's kind of funny that no one knows that I have a disability, but I know I have a disability. And the reason I wrote my book was because I want to give hope to others who have obstacles they have to go by. I began my book in 2015, got done with it about a year ago, and I can adapt to people who have a uh, disability. I know how it feels. I know how when I found out that I'm disabled, how much I was hurt by that. But it took me a long time to reason I am disabled. Rob also sought help for the emotional difficulties he experienced after his stroke. I got to see a psychologist at my rehabilitation hospital inpatient and outpatient, and I kept seeing my psychologist until I was 22, and that helped me a lot in getting out all of my emotions. If I had to go up and talk to someone who had a uh, stroke, I would tell him to keep uh, moving, keep uh, exercising, keep going to uh, speech therapy. I would go to the gym almost each day of the week. Although he suffered his stroke at a very young age, Rob hasn't let it hold him back. He has a successful career and is aiming to become a motivational speaker. Coming up in the next episode of Stroke Stories. I don't remember when it occurred, but I can tell you that I went home early and I took Boogie for a walk and I had this horrible headache. And I called my mom and I said, I have the worst headache in the world. And she said, you're having a stroke. I thought, no, people that have strokes are old. I'm not having a stroke. 
Please do subscribe to Stroke Stories and rate and comment on the episodes you hear. And if you are or you know of a stroke survivor and there's a story you can share, we'd love to hear from you. Please contact via Twitter or Instagram. Our DMs are open. The Stroke Stories podcast was produced by Aidan Judd. I'm Mark Goodyear. Thank you for listening. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.